Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to This Better Be Good. This is Garrett here from the fucking podcast I just said. Um, Really quick before we get into the episode, I do want to let you know a couple things, uh, a couple of announcements. This is, unfortunately, the last episode of This Better Be Good. Just kidding. Making sure that you're listening. First announcement is halfway through, so the next section that Mike and I do, the audio gets very weird. The microphone, it gets all like like crunchy weird. So I had to do <clears throat> some audio editing, so hopefully that's that's better. It's not going to be the best that it should be, but it happens right around the spoiler section. So if you're a person that likes to listen anyway, just know that you're in for a rough road. Um, also, we are now officially a part of the perfecta podcast network which is pretty exciting there's a bunch of podcasts on there you can definitely check out go to the facebook page uh or you can also do uh you can go to the Ontour records website and then there's the podcast tab there you can go check out all the podcasts that are listed there there's some great ones and there's uh they're all great ones that's the whole thing so um super fun listen to those and then you know we can bump up listenership get them over here all that good stuff share 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 that would really help us because we need a new mic because this one is getting all crinkly halfway through episodes so thanks for listening this is the lighthouse have fun Garrett Elzinga, and, and this, this better, better be, be good. good. Why do we have to fight like we're on NPR? Thank you. I don't know. Um, you know what it is. It's the weekly podcast where Garrett and I review a movie before seeing it and review it again after seeing it. And this week, we are seeing The Lighthouse. Ooh, mm. spooky. Spooky. October. Yeah. I feel it is a seasonally appropriate film, too. I think so. A, a drama fantasy horror film. I'm just getting a little coffee. I haven't had caffeine today. Yeah, you know Garrett loves his caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, we're actually uh, we're back at Celebration North. Our old home, or our old new home, Studio Park, yeah. is not showing this movie, and we take the chances when there's no big releases to come out to see the movies we actually want to see. <laughs> so what is the movie that did come out last weekend? I don't think anything came out this past weekend. That's what I thought, too. Um, there had to be something. I there's looked, no... Remember when I looked when we were sitting in that booth, and the next the next new release was November 1st? There had to be something that came out. Right, right to us. That now, gives us a reason. I mean, I'm not going to look it up. You guys write to us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Terminator Salvation comes out this week. So that'll nope. be on next Terminator uh, Dark Fate. Why do I keep calling it Salvation? Because you're hoping that it saves the franchise. That's what it is. Come on. That was good. You everybody? <laughs> that was pretty decent, yeah. Um, yeah, this movie stars Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, both great actors. Uh, it's directed by uh, Robert Eggers. It's a fun name. Yeah. R- written by Max and Robert Eggers. I'm assuming a brother team or a father-son team. I'm just, don't assume. Oh. You make an ass out of you and me. The hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Um, this movie's getting a lot of critical acclaim. Um, I'm really excited. We haven't seen an artsy-fartsy film in a while, have we? No, I haven't farted in a long time either. Yeah, Garrett's constipated, you guys. Nope, I can, um, still, I can still shit. I just can't fart. All right, well, Garrett's got some farting problems, you guys. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was, that, was that Josh Courtney joke? You remember that one? The pre-defecatory theorem? So it's like the reason that farts stink? I don't remember It's like that because one. it has like, it's passing through a lot of gas, or passing through a lot of shit, so he's like, just back off. 
give my farts some grief. They're going through a lot of shit right now. <laughs> oh, God, I, that's my favorite joke of his. That's pretty good. You know what happened last night that has never happened to me before? There's a certain comic uh, made me crack up who has never made me crack up before. Oh, was it me? It was not. And no. I'll tell you the joke, and any eagle-eyed listeners uh, will know what I'm talking about. Um, maybe I'll tell you off air. I'll tell you off air. Oh, my God. Well, now the person's going to know. Do they listen to the They're podcast? They're not I didn't say anything. I didn't say what but the you, joke was or who it was. That's true. Tell me off air. Um, Actually, tell me now, and then I'll cut it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a... Uh, and pretty... we're back! Hey, guys. Uh, we, we just cut out that whole part where I just talked about somebody. Uh, and then we all aired our true feelings. We're true selves. Yeah, I hate him. Anyway, <laughs> um, go ahead. So yeah, I'm excited about this. I, I'm excited about just getting lost in a movie. Like, I feel like it's going to be very moody and atmospheric. Yeah. And I like just, like, that whole vibe. Like, we've been seeing a lot of popcorn flicks. Like, a lot the last couple of months. Yeah, and... I, so many so that I don't know I feel like Joker was kind of an artsy fartsy yeah which it, I didn't think that it was going to be and then it turned out to be one yeah but uh, I still can't stop thinking about it yeah I can tell you just brought it up yeah <laughs> it's, it's actually speaking of bringing, bringing it back up it just jumped back into the number one at the box office this past weekend mm. fourth week in the uh, no I, I thought that um, Maleficent nope. edged it out nope I saw news stories that said that nope. that did it was Joker good yeah, they jumped back in $18.8 million this past weekend. Not bad for the fourth weekend. That's crazy. $880 million worldwide. Highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Yep. Yeah. Zazzy Beats is in the two she highest is. grossing. She is. in three, the three. Deadpool. I, oh, she's only the second one. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, she's only the second I forgot. One. I forgot. I forgot, guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, just like uh, watching this and being all like, ooh, that seems like a fun shot. Oh, what did they do to get that going? I'm talking to nobody right now because Garrett just got up and left, which feels really weird, but uh, now threw, he's back. I threw something away. And now I'm here hear you. by myself uh, uh, talking to myself. That is the definition of chaos. How many times do you think you've said that quote incor- Three times. incorrectly on, dra- on the, on the that podcast? That's incorrect. It is. No, it's not. <laughs> it is. Now I'm by myself talking to myself. That is the definition of chaos. It's not definition of chaos. It's That's chaos theory. Look it up. All right. Look it up. We don't have time. We gotta right, talk look it up to while people. I'm talking. I'm just gonna, right. I'll look it up while you're talking. I'll look it so, up because we need to hear your opinion about this movie. Okay. Well, I'll look it up as well. But I haven't um, seen any promotion for this movie uh, on purpose. All I know is the poster, who's in it, who it's directed by. The atmosphere is kooky and weird, and uh, that's I'm all. It's in black and white as well. Very excited to see this movie. You know. So. I think a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to shoot a film in black and white. It's incredibly difficult because you're not converting the film to black and white. You're filming in black and white. Conversion yeah. is easy. You can do that with a goddamn Instagram filter. All right, you're right. Hey. Also, why did it take you so long to look that up? I, ju- I looked at IMDb and then I was oh, talking at I the just same Googled time. by myself, talking to myself, Jurassic Park. And oh, okay. That's, um, that's chaos. That's, that's efficiency. Um, oh yeah, I mean, shooting, shooting in black and white is different than converting to black and white. Because converting to black and white, when you shoot a film in color, uh, you have to take so many accounts of lighting into effect. Mm-hmm. Um, lighting is the most, probably the most important thing when it comes to filming. Lighting can set atmosphere, it can ruin shots, it could create moods. It's an important factor in a film. When you take all the color out of stuff, now you have to adjust for lighting based now on the Now you got white people. <laughs> I mean, you still, black people actually become black in black and white. Um, and white people become white. Is that why it's called black and white? Um, <laughs> I do want to say that this is a fun little fact. If you're not really a fi- if you are a film buff, you know this. But if you're not, um, the blood in Psycho and Night of the Living Dead, both very famous um, black and white horror <laughs> films, but they um, 
they use chocolate for the blood. Because it looks better on camera? Yeah, because it looks like blood. It doesn't, yeah. So that's a fun little thing I always thought thought was interesting. But that's just another thing of, you know, black and white film. and, And also, there are so many people that say that black and white is boring because we can see in color. And I'm like, you're... Who says that? That's a lot of, like, newer people. Newer people? New, that's how I look that's at you call young, people? young people. Newer people. They're dumb. <laughs> They're not smart. Um, but no, it, it. there are some black and white movies that are boring, but there's also some color movies that are boring. Like, we've yeah. seen how many on the spot? Mortal Engines. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's in color. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's good. Living color. Um... <laughs> I, uh, oh no! Oh. There was mustard on there for for what? All right. Well, um, that's also another interesting uh, black and white fact: um, the scene in Kill Bill, Volume One, where the bride fights the crazy 88s, is yeah. filmed partially in black and white. Well, converted partially in black and white because the MPAA was going to give the film an NC-17 rating because of, because of the too blood. much blood. So Tarantino had to convert it to black and white. So now all that blood is just... Chocolate. No. <laughs> it's regular, but it, lo- it's, it looks like water, though. Yeah. Because it's the way that it's the consistency of it, and just because, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Black and white's a very interesting, <coughs> it's an interesting medium, especially when, like, it gets you out of things. Like, what's yeah. the, the idea that, like, you can show all this gore, but it has to be in black and white? So that doesn't make any... Yeah, it, it's sense. the same as just like in a movie that you're you're watching and it's like someone gets shot but there's no blood. So you're like, oh, that's PG-13. It's like, well, why is that? They're still dying. <laughs> yeah. Like the Marvel, all the you know the how much how much destruction happens in these movies. Oh, it's PG-13. You're like, but like people are dying. Yeah. Like uh, like the the ashes, the dusting. Like people are dying. Yeah. But you know whatever. I mean, it reminds me of that scene in uh, War of the World. It's funny how like the d- dusting like. You realize how much dust there was probably after the snap? Oh. Like, so, like, what do you do with it? Like, I mean, what did they do? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, but he wanted to be buried. Like, well, not cremated. Well, he's with everybody. Well, it's like that scene in War of the Worlds where, like, they start zapping. The aliens start and zapping everybody. And then they're just dusting. And then Tom Cruise runs to a person who gets zapped, and he gets yeah. home and sees that he's covered in that dust. And yeah. he starts freaking out. That was a person. Yeah. 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 Spielberg's great. but Tom Cruise is great. Well, Spielberg That's was great. Spielberg's um, a piece of shit now. <laughs> it's so funny that like I, I feel like more people should be shitting on Spielberg for like not liking Netflix being a part of the Academy than Scorsese. people that are sh- shitting on Scorsese for saying what he said. Like also, I, I think I heard this on another podcast, but Scorsese didn't like you don't know what movie Scorsese saw. Yeah, he only saw this. one, right? Yeah, it's probably yeah. Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> right, it's the worst one, and then he's just like, ah, it's not art, you yeah. know. And I think I, I have an amendment to what he said, and I think that you could convince him. But you'd have to watch them all and mm-hmm. then be like, oh, for sure. Uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Those are the four that are like, oh, these are art. You know, I feel also like, I feel like, I don't know, we're a little off topic, but I feel like the MCU, uh, if you look at it as a whole, it's definitely considered art. Yeah. But if you think of it the same way as like the Grindhouse films, like Tarantino, mm-hmm. like watching those movies individually, it's like, oh, these are fine movies. But yeah. you watch them all at once with the fake trailers, yes, that's and you've got art. art. You have like, an artful experience. Yeah. And also, I mean, what if he was watching the DCEU? That's the thing, too, is like my dad would just be like, oh, Batman and, you know, Iron Man, are they in the same movie? Like, he doesn't know. <laughs> I feel like Scorsese knows. I, he might not, man. Yeah. He was on Coke in the 70s. That's when comics really burst out again. Mm. So he doesn't. The golden know. age. Well, the golden age of comics is the fifties, but I mean, he know. should see the Joker. He should see Joker, and then I feel like he, he would says. like Joker. Yeah. So then he would like, uh, you know. But that's not MCU. Infinity War. It's not. No. But it's not even DCEU. Yeah. He uh, did say Marvel <laughs> movies, but what if he did watch like fucking Justice League, which is utter chaos? 
<laughs> anyway. Um, um, yeah, I, I think that this movie comes around at an important time where Robert Pattinson was just cast as Batman. Boom. Roll, roll, roll right yeah, back right in. right back in. Right That's, back in. We're goddamn journalists. That was a pre-planned... <laughs> um, so Robert Pattinson just got cast as Batman, and there's all this backlash from all these fucking fanboys. Like, He's a Twilight vampire, can't play Batman. And then it's like, go see this movie. Go see... Yeah. What's that movie he was in? Oh, man. It was like the independent film where he was like trying to get his drug dealer brother out of like... Um, no idea. I forgot what it was called, but it's really good. I only watched it because um, one of my favorite YouTubers, Casey Neistat, is friends with the directors of that movie, and he talked about that movie on his, uh, his YouTube channel. So I was like, oh, I'll check the movie out, and it was fucking great. I know nothing about his... All I know is Twilight mm-hmm. and... Remember my re- name. Rem- remember me. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> which that ends with 9 What a twist! <laughs> yeah, and then... Um, what else? Uh, he was in a David Cronenberg movie, but was I he? never saw it. He was in it, Lost City of Z. Ma- 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 uh, what, what the fuck is the name of that movie? Macabre. No, it's... Macabre. Macarena. Stop. Machiavelli. Tupac Shakur? No, it's like... <laughs> A kind of, it's like Cosmopolis. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. I oh, didn't see it. I really wanted you to stop talking, but I didn't <laughs> want to have dead air, so I really had to think. Yeah, Cosmopolis. They enjoyed that. But uh, I didn't see it, um, so I, I know about it. But then uh, and then cast is this. That's yeah. really all I know about Robert Pattinson. I've seen him in Remember Me and Lost City of Z. Yeah. And Remember Me, he's good in it. The movie itself's not that great. Yeah. Um, Lost City of Z is a great movie. So I'm and, sure he's a great actor. I just don't. Uh, I don't know anything about him, so when I heard that, I was like, what did this director see that blew his mind? Is it Matt Reeves? Yeah, yeah. to have Robert Pattinson be Batman. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see this movie. Maybe he saw this movie at a pre-screening Maybe. or something. I don't know, but um, hey, I'm excited. Willem Dafoe is repeatedly just looked over as one of the best actors of our time. I'm going to say it. I love really Willem is. Dafoe. He is. He is great. He's never, even if he's in a bad movie, he's never bad in it. We'll meet again, Spider-Man! <laughs> I like uh, whatever somebody like can't figure out what's up. Some, thanks. I'm going Super Saiyan permanently now. <laughs> whenever somebody um, can't finish a sentence, I always just say, Finish it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. Apparently, I've always finished my sentences because you've never said that to me. Yeah, well, you're pretty good at talking. <laughs> yeah, I do talk too much. Um, yeah, I love Willem Dafoe, man. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch these two. Just anytime you get a movie where it's just two people in a room, which essentially was its film is, and its basis, like smallest form, you just put two really good actors in a film and just let the camera roll. Mm-hmm. I love those kinds of movies because then it's just the craft. It's just acting in its yeah. purest form. <laughs> Just doing a really snooty motion with my hands right now. You can't see it, but it's very snooty. Oh. <laughs> I thought of something else that was snooty, but ah, I won't say ah. it. I have to cut right. that out, too. Garrett, anything else? I'm going to try. I got time to mount out on these nugs. Yeah, why don't you start eating? Um, I don't uh, I don't really have any opinions. I'll, um, I, I don't know what I'm looking forward to. I don't know what I'm excited about uh i just hear really good things so i'm going in with the weirdest open mind i think yeah you, you know? don't know anything about it right? i know literally nothing about it. i haven't seen the trailer i don't know how weird it's going to be i don't know if it's a horror it's movie weird. it's going to be creepy more so i don't know if it's going to be a thriller um i do know there's an old i can't remember if it's an urban legend or a true story mm-hmm. but there is something about a man being in a lighthouse and seeing a man wash up on shore um, during a rainstorm, and it's like that lighthouse story is very creepy, 
but I don't know. I don't think that's what this is based on. Hmm. So there you go. I mean, what I know of? It's like two guys in a lighthouse, and then one like falls during something. I can't remember what it is exactly, but I don't think this is based on that. But I mean, maybe if the essence is, I, I'm not sure. So that's really what I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm gonna give it an. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm really expecting a uh, just to be blown away by some arty cinema, artsy fartsy cinema. Very excited for that. Eight what? Eight. Um. Oh, I'm trying to. Will okay, so Willem Dafoe was the villain in Speed Two, but his weird. Oh thing, my God, I forgot about that. His weird thing was that he put leeches on his skin for mm. some weird reason. So I'm gonna give it eight leeches out of ten. I'm really looking forward to this. I love. Garrett and I both love just pure movies. Movies that are movies for the sake of being movies. Original concepts, tackling with the ideas of the human psyche. I'm looking for some great performances, some great shots, some beautiful cinematography. I think it's going to be great. I'm going real high. I'm thinking it's going to be a nine. I'm going wow. nine. I'm going nine. And then there was a firefight! Out of nice. ten. Wow. Well, so you're going to hear an ad. I'm going to eat these chicken wings. And then you're going to hear a trailer. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Guys, we're going to see this movie and it's going to be great. What's a timberman want with being a wiki? Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Keeping secrets, are you? No, sir. Why just spill your beans? intense that I am drinking right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're back and it is exciting. Um, let's dive right in. You are drinking full-on bourbon, right? Yeah, it's like 2, 3 p.m. Yeah, I can smell it on your breath. I literally have not taken a drink yet. I can smell it in the <laughs> cup. Um, wow. This movie is unlike anything I've ever seen before. From a psychological standpoint, it looks like something I've seen before. Um, yeah, it's black and white. It's filmed in one nineteen one, and which is basically full screen. Yeah, so it's essentially square aspect ratio. Yeah, it's how older films were filmed. And, and I think that I, it's taller than it is wide. I personally, it led it led me it made me feel like I was reading a book. Yes. Like that's the feeling I got because it was very claustrophobic. Because the screen shortens, like when it shows the production studios, it's still at a normal sixteen nine aspect ratio, and then it cuts down to uh, one nineteen one once the film starts. I think it was all I think it's just because it's a black screen you can't tell. I no, it, it was a noticeable difference. What was what were the the um, companies? 
I don't even remember. The, I remember it was A24, Regency, and black, then one more. I don't remember Regency. They were all in black and white, but I mean, yeah. But it was still 16 uh, by nine, and then it cut down to 14 or one. 19, uh, one. All right. But I think it really, it, it set up the, the mood because mm-hmm. you feel, you want to feel close quarters because this movie is close quarters. It's in a very small lighthouse house building and it's very claustrophobic and it drives these, well, drives certain characters in certain directions. And I think it really helped with establishing a very claustrophobic feel for you. Yeah. Because like you're watching it and the screen is smaller than you're used to and you're like, okay, this feels weird. And I, I felt, I was crunched up the whole time. Oh, like my I body felt... was like genuinely tensed up from the opening scene. When I saw the smaller aspect ratio, I was like, is this going to be the whole thing? And then, it, so the first shot is of a ship coming into, like, approaching you. It's a mm-hmm. boat. And then the next shot is um, on the, the bow mm-hmm. of the ship, which is the front. Shot from behind. But it's like up from top, so you're like watching the the it crest the waves basically, and it's still that aspect ratio. And I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to watch this entire movie in this yeah. in this aspect ratio. I was so happy because that is also black and white is never done, and that is never done either. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was really excited for that. And not even black, not even not, we didn't touch on it. Uh, we kind of glossed over it just now. We didn't touch on it in the first half, but it's shot on 35 millimeter film. It's not yeah. a digital black and white. It's legitimate black and white this was a hard film to make strictly from i mean literally from every aspect but also from the um physicality of it the uh just the the filmmaking standpoint but then also the actors went through a shit ton Oof, man um let's talk about let's talk about the acting right now we're not there's kind of spoilers i don't know because we don't really know there's a lot of questions no there's a lot of spoilers Um, i mean i wouldn't say anything past the the first by kind of spoilers i mean like we don't even really know a lot of stuff in this movie that we just watched, if that makes any sense, without giving anything away. So we are definitely going to spoil some stuff, but we'll save it. We're going to navigate some tricky waters here right now. Ah, navigate some tricky waters. Uh. Well, here's a tricky water for me. Towards the end of the movie, oh, I had to pee oh. so badly. Tricky water. Which, it's a bummer that... It, that, was a, that, this was, was, that was a bad scene for you to leave on, too. Well, I I figured out what happened. Yeah, well, I just mean like the that that scene. Just the worked. intensity. Yeah, yeah like I know. It works really well. With I know. I didn't up. have an option because every fucking every scene begins and ends with goddamn water cresting <laughs> and rain falling, and dripping I, and, and people dripping peeing. and people peeing. <laughs> it was when he peed. I was like, I gotta go, man. Oh, yeah. we're uh, the, we got to talk about the acting. Um, yeah, these are two amazing performances. Yes, incredible. Um, only little gripe, Robert Pattinson's accent dropped in and out a little bit. You know why? The beginning. This, I'm glad that I looked it up. Oh, because it's a specific type of uh, marine, like Maine um, accent back then. Specific. But it seemed it's really extreme Irish at some point. And Boston. It's no, it wasn't about the fact that it changed. It's just that sometimes he just didn't have an accent. I mean, it, it was only in the first act. Like the rest of the movie, he had. That, an accent I think the whole it's time, because but. he's loosening up. It's it's loosening up, and then also his mind is shifting. I think it's that kind of thing. Because his Where, accent gets stronger. It turns more Bostonian towards the end of the movie. He probably... But. I mean, I think it's like an also thing where... The, I know for a fact the director specifically like honed in on the accents, for sure. Mm-hmm. So Willem that's Def- intentional, if anything. Well, I mean, Willem Dafoe gives this very measured, kind of just controlled, psychotic performance. Like, it's somebody... The whole film, you're just like, there's something wrong with this guy. Yeah. And you can't tell if there is or isn't. And he doesn't seem like it is, but you know below the surface there's something different and off about him. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe just... Plays that pretty like he's so manic. Like one minute he's this, and then he's that, and he's immediately back to this. And it's just an amazing, just oh, Robert Pattinson does a 
this is the part where I can't, I don't know how to not spoil it because it's hard to describe his performance without giving a lot of stuff away, but I'll try my best. I mean, he starts off as a very reserved character and then opens up towards the end of the movie as the movie goes on, well, given, he, given yeah. certain things that happen. And at first I was like, he's not that great in this movie. Disagree. But then I... At first I mean, I I'm like, letting you go, but... At first, I was like, he's not that great in this movie. But then as I watched the entire film, I realized why I didn't think he was that great was because he wasn't really being himself the whole film. The character wasn't. And it was obviously a conscious decision by the actor to do that. And it, when you take apart the whole movie, by the end of it, it's like, okay, yes, he was great the entire film. But when I first watched it, the first, you know, first actor, I was just like, meh, 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 meh. But that's then so as the, funny. As the story unfolds, I start to realize why I felt that way, which I'll get into once we do spoilers. That, that's so funny. Yeah. I went in, like... Well, I'll, I'll explain why once we uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. get spoilers part. I went in not thinking much of Robert Pattinson, and from the moment he was on screen, I was like, oh, he's going to be Batman. He's <laughs> going to be a good Batman. I get it now. Just that brooding, but then also meek, like kind of performance where it, it's just like he's so apprehensive the whole time but also measured i really liked him the moment he was on screen i might be gay for robert pattinson yeah i didn't like him as edward but man i like him as um whatever the fuck his name is well we'll get into that too i know i can't wait we got to go spoiler and there's not much we can say i mean we, we see this movie if you like cinema if you're not if you're somebody who just goes to the movie every now and then this isn't gonna be for you if you're somebody who like loves the Marvel movies but doesn't want to go, get out of you know for a film that isn't a sequel or a prequel, this yeah. isn't for you. If you love cinema, yeah, this is cinema. I it's, wish you could see how animated I'm being right now. It's really, I mean, like, it's, hey, it's I, over the top. Go see this movie. If not, you don't give a shit. You want to hear us just gush over a film for the next probably thirty minutes. I mean, keep listening. But I got a lot of are, stuff to do today. The spoilers are uh, coming, baby. Here we go. Go. Spoilers are coming, like. Edward those Cullen. Guys. Oh, they came alive. This <laughs> yeah, one. they did. Uh, so, so now I can talk about why I yes. So the movie it's these two guys, um, Thomas and Thomas, Thomas and uh, Winslow, and Thomas is a lighthouse keeper. He tends to the light in the lighthouse. Winslow is essentially his like first mate kind of guy. He does all the grunt work. Um, they're supposed to be on this island for four weeks, and in this lighthouse. I don't know if they're actually on the island for four weeks or yeah. If, if, at, at the end of the four weeks, the boat doesn't come to pick boat them up. Boat doesn't come to pick them up they because got drunk and overslept, no, well, right? or it's because uh, Winslow killed that seagull. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Winslow kills a seagull after uh, Tom tells him it's bad luck, and then all shit. But one, I mean, the one that's like found dead in the water supply, right? Yeah. And then um, he has to. There's another one like pecking at him, and then he like fucking just kills it. So well, there's the seagull that's been harassing him the whole film. Yeah, like, and. Uh, he keeps. He asks Tom about like about the seagull, and Tom says, "Don't kill a seagull. It's bad luck. Don't and, kill uh, a seabird. It's bad. Don't luck. kill a seabird. It's bad luck." And then, uh, then he does kill a seabird, and then a torrential downpour happens. Their the boat to come pick them up never comes. They yeah. end up. We don't know how long they're staying on this island. Because you're told you're told different things from different. Each character has their own idea of what's happening. So you don't know which one's the real one. Yeah. My opinion, my personal opinion is Tom, the real Tom, Willem Dafoe's character is telling the truth the whole time. Okay. That's what I think. Because, I mean, I I just, I don't know why. Okay, I I bounced out right after he was explaining to him the ledger, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's going through, so every... Every person previous to Robert Pattinson's character was like in There was only two deckhands before him. Okay. So um, both of, of them. No, no, those were about him. Oh, those were all about him. Yeah. Okay. So, he, so he's been discharged many times. So the, 
No, no. So the whole movie, um, <coughs> Robert Patton's character Winslow keeps like being talked into doing these things that are against regulation by Tom. And Tom says, oh, who's going to take, who's, I'm the one writing your letter. Like, he's essentially saying, nobody's going to keep you in check. If I tell you to do something, you yeah, have to so do it. Yeah, so he told him to drink. Mm. He told him to do this, do that. He cited all those things in his journal that he was going to send back. And then he recommended that they sever him without pay. Yeah. And that's why he flipped out. That's why he freaked out and punched the clock. But the whole then film. I, but hold on, fill me in. Because then I walked out. And then I, when I came back in, it was saying, like, you're damned us because ye killed the seabird. Yeah. That's what I came back into. Um, so you just, essentially you just missed him just freaking out against Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I saw that. Because, I, a little bit of it. I mean, that's that whole, the whole time you're gone was him still freaking, the whole time. Oh. Like, he was freaking out the whole time about how um, he was just trying to screw him over. Like, he's just a man trying to make a living. Yeah. What else is he supposed to do? How is he supposed to do this? Because he alludes to the fact that he tr- he let somebody die when he was a logger. That's yeah. why he quit logging. And then he stole or assumed that guy's identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, assumed his identity because he his original identity, Thomas uh, Hunt, uh, Ethan's brother. <laughs> no <laughs> Tom, relation. Thomas Hunt um, was had this record, you know, now for yeah. letting somebody die. So he assumed this guy who, who dies identity, that way he has a clean record. Willem Dafoe's character writes all of this down in that ledger and was going to report all of this back to whatever the boss is or whoever. Jesus. The government, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the whole film, Robert Pattinson's character is slowly diving into madness. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. Uh, he blames it on this trinket that he found in his mattress. This, like, uh, siren trinket. It's like yeah. a mermaid. Um, he blames it on that. He says that... But I think I think he also blames it on Willem Dafoe driving the previous guys crazy. And then he's now identifying with, oh, he it's him that's driving people crazy and here's an example because this is this the last guy's siren trinket Mm -hmm. so then he explains like i broke it i'm free from all your shit now and then immediately it loops back to willem dafoe's character just being like well you were chasing me with an axe and you were crashing that or destroying that boat despite the fact that we as the viewer just saw saw do those things but we don't know if we're looking from the real perspective or the fake perspective. the fake perspective. That's the beauty of this movie. Like I'm gonna be, yeah. you and I are gonna be talking about this movie probably on the podcast for the next three fucking. Well, weeks. it's also like Joker, where you don't know what actually happened and what didn't. But that was more easy to figure out, and you mm. can write your own thing with that one. This one is just like I really don't. I mean, it's because like, it jerks you around so much. Yeah. There's no, there's no through line of who was the correct character and who wasn't. Yeah, you don't know who's actually... You don't know if Willem character actually is a tentacle monster from the sea. Yeah. Or if Robert Pattinson is just drunk all the time and going crazy from being in a fucking small house for however long they've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a scene where after the, they miss their boat, they get drunk, and then Robert Pattinson wakes up, and then Willem Dafoe is freaking out because all the rations are... They have to ration the provisions. Yeah. And then Robert Pattinson just keeps saying, um, well, it's been a day, it's been a day. Yeah. But then Willem Dafoe's like, it's been weeks. Like, yeah. he's convincing him that apparently it's been weeks since this has happened. And, but, been, and he keeps saying the same thing to him every single day. But we don't know that. As a viewer, we think it's the next day. I really think that, I mean, Willem Def- I mean, but the only explanation we get as to the previous two guys is something that comes from Willem Defoe's mouth. So, uh, the previous deckhands, right? The, the last one. Yeah. The he doesn't talk about, he the, doesn't one talk about the one before that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's no... There's no basis of what reality is. Yes. Because you, you as the viewer are essentially... You think that you're from the point of view of Robert Pattinson's character, which I believe we are. Yeah. But you don't know if his point of view is correct or yeah. if Willem Dafoe... It's just... it's You're just questioning everything that's happening. You don't See, know what's real. And I mean, that for... Like, the moment this movie started, I was like, I'm giving it a 10. And then <laughs> it started doing that thing where there's no... 
there's no through line, so there's no way for you to figure out what is real and what isn't. And I'm like, okay, well now it's just like annoying. So, See, I didn't think I didn't think so. I mean, I'm annoyed that I don't like. Do I just get to pick? But then there's but there there's the thing is you can pick, but then you can always explain it away with mm-hmm. like, oh well, I mean, you can, I'm right. That's what's beautiful. Whatever can, I say, I'm right. You can always talk about this movie. Yeah. You can wake up tomorrow and have a different opinion about what it is. Hmm. Or a month from now. You can watch it again and form new opinions about it. I mean, that's what... That's that's just good cinema, in my opinion. Like, I just think... I mean, although we haven't even talked about the movie, we're talking about the psychology behind it. But, I mean, I want to talk about the atmosphere (coughs) it creates. Like, it's just such an uneasy... You never know what character is going to do. Because they're both so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know if Robert Pattinson is going to slip... One before throwing to sleep. Even that. Oh, that one. That one. Yeah, yeah. There's one scene. There's one scene that I think encapsulates this movie perfectly, where you don't know which direction it's going to go. And this whole time, he's just he just wants to get in the Robert Pattinson's character wants to get in the lighthouse just to see the light. At first, yeah. He just wants to tend the lighthouse. Then there's this mystery behind it because Willem Dafoe get up there, and that's eating away at him. And it's to the point now where it's just for principle. It's like he just needs to know why it's so important to Willem Dafoe. Well, he snuck up and watched one time, and from our perspective, which is Robert Pattinson's point of view. Um, he's like up there, and then like there's this goo dripping down between the. Willem grates. Dafoe is in the lighthouse. Willem Dafoe is in the lighthouse, and Robert Patton is beneath him, and then looking up, and then there's this goo dripping down, and then you see like a tentacle crawl across the ground, mm-hmm. and it's just like, what the fuck is happening? And yeah. it's like this extreme close up on his eye, <clears throat> which they both had extreme close ups on their eyes. The extreme close up on his eyes, where yeah. the scene I was saying, where he wants to get in the lighthouse, but Willem Dafoe normally sleeps with the keys below his pillow. He also wants to look in Willem's journal to see what he's been writing about him. And there's yeah. a scene now where he goes to his boudoir, his armoire, yeah, his desk, cabinet, cabinet <laughs> to thing. try and steal the journal. Realizes it's not in there. Goes up to his room, sees Willem Dafoe sleeping with the journal on his chest. So the camera starts over Willem Dafoe's face, pointing down his body as he's lying down. You see Robert Pattinson walk in, creeps slowly to try and see the journal. Then the camera pans back. And now you see the keys to the lighthouse, which yeah. are sitting by his head. So Robert Pattinson's hand is slowly reaching for the journal, and then the camera pans back, you see the keys, then it slowly reaches for the keys, then it pans back even further, you see Willem Dafoe's neck and face exposed, then Robert Pattinson's hand goes into his pocket and pulls a knife out, yeah, yeah, yeah. and slowly puts it up to Willem Dafoe's neck, and then he wakes up on a sharp, like, cl- tight close-up of Willem Dafoe's yeah. eye. And at that scene, just... It was masterful. And then Willem Dafoe says, We're, isn't it like... A, he says, queer way to wear your boots. Queer way to wear your boots. Because he had taken his boots off to sneak into the and room put and put them in, in his, his back, back pockets. Yeah. He's like, I, I just didn't want to wake you. He's just so unrattled the whole movie, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Like, this guy's hovering over him with a knife in his neck, and he's just like, queer way to wear your boots. <laughs> I mean... I it, mean, just, I, I love this movie. But I, isn't that, like, not letting on that you think this person's crazy, showing that person that you're you're crazy like it's try- not not that you're crazy but it's trying to drive that person insane you think that Willem Dafoe is trying to drive him insane I think so I, that's how for that's, what purpose that's how I'm walking away from this because he's a fucking uh, liar right we don't know but that's the thing though if he is though I mean he's got a, a sea ship tattooed to his chest that doesn't mean anything I mean in the 1890s I feel like it does but does it though yeah people don't get tattoos unless you're like on the sea in the 1890s. I mean, okay. Well, you have people that are on the side of 
highways that say Vietnam vet, that doesn't mean that they're a fucking but Vietnam vet. But that's not the 1890s. I know, <laughs> but you could have also done that back then. You could have a friend give you a tattoo for something. I'm just saying. Tattoos were not very common back then. I'm sure they weren't, but I'm just saying. It's just like that. The, the, the problem that I have with this movie is that we can both pick a point of view and we can defend it to the death. That's what I think. That's, just that's what, what I think. think makes it a good movie. I think so too, but the it's it's slightly annoying to me <laughs> because right. now it's just like, well, fucking, what's the point? Like mm. now we're just bitching about who's right. Is I it, know that's no the best part, man. Ugh. Do you remember when you were a kid and you'd go see a movie and then you'd leave the theater and you and your friends would hang out waiting for your parents to come pick you up and you would just talk about the fucking movie? Yeah, but there's a difference between talking about it and saying what happened in the movie. You know what I mean? Like we 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 both saw the same movie, mm-hmm. but we can pick. Aside as to what happened, mm-hmm. and now we just defend it until fucking. There's not going to be. Uh, there's not going to be. Uh, oh, gotcha moment. Like, like when I took mushrooms for the first time and yeah, saw yeah, yeah. Midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually just called Midsummer, but. I like Midsummer. Uh, it sounds more sweet. Mm. Uh, Midsummer. Midsummer. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, just, I really did enjoy this movie, and I would love to see it again. Mm-hmm. But it it really is just like. Man, I don't know. I just think, I mean, we haven't even touched on so many things, too. There like, are so many things. There's a lot of things. Like this I, is a 40-minute episode, everybody. Well, it's definitely not our longest one. Um, I just feel like... You got it. I really want both of these men to be nominated for Oscars for this movie. Mm. I want Willem Dafoe. I don't know who would get nominated for what one, though, because neither of them... Well, we also I think Robert Joaquin. Pattinson was the lead, and I Willem think Dafoe they, was the supporting actor. No, I think they both were. They could both be nominated for lead actor. They're also going to try and do that with Matt Damon and Christian Bale. No, they're Bale. not. Oh, not? Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Okay. I, thought, I, was um, gonna say, I thought you were going to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. but Because they already announced that it'll be Leonardo DiCaprio for lead and Brad Pitt for supporting. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. sense. Um, this is like they're both they're both lead, for sure. Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, though. He's got to win it for... Well, there's no way he's not winning it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just... That movie, man, just made me feel, feel stuff, man. Shia LaBeouf once said while eating a, a spicy wing on a YouTube series that... You still haven't put up on the Facebook. Oh, I do. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Art is anything that moves you. And I, that movie moved me. Oh, that was something else. Man. He's right. I mean, you know, Infinity War moved me. Endgame moved me. This moved me, for sure. Um, what was the scene? It was the scene where... Yeah, so this is a... I mean, this is a big spoiler, but... Um, well, we're, we're already in spoilers. Yeah, yeah, we are. So, Robert Pattinson's character, Tom mm-hmm. Middleditch... No, what was his last Hunt. name? No, 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 the the uh, identity that he assumed. Winslow. Winslow. So Winslow, um, he ends up uh, be like becoming what Willem Dafoe had been to him the whole time, and like make, treats him like a dog. He beats he beats the shit out well, of him. He becomes the extreme version of what Willem yes. Dafoe was. So he like um, you know puts a leash around him or whatever, and then drags him into a hole, and then starts to bury him, and then. Um, he is giving this big... Willem Dafoe is giving this big speech as he's being buried. And, uh, like, dirt's flying in his mouth. Like, he God, should definitely... Was, he should be scene, nominated for that, for sure. That scene is what they should pitch to the Academy. Because, yes. oh, my God. But that that really that really got me. That was just like, oh, he's dying. And then, you know... Even when, when he was beating him in the house. Yeah. And, like, he starts hallucinating again. Like, Robert Pattinson's on top of Willem Dafoe beating him. And then he starts hallucinating that, Robert, that Willem Dafoe is this, like... Uh, aquatic merman octopus Well, he thing. was just watching Aquaman. He was just watching <laughs> Willem Dafoe in Like that some movie. King Triton type stuff. And then 
he snaps back in reality when you just hear like Willem Dafoe in a blood curled voice just say, "You're killing me." And yeah. that scene, I was just like, "Oh God!" And he stopped. Ugh. But, oh God, it's just so, like. But he did act like a dick the, the whole time, right? That's, unless he was drunk. Yeah, it was the only time. He, which is what our friends had said. Yeah, the only, the only time, time that you're tolerable worth anything. Drunk. Yeah. But man, I really just I think that those things happen. I can't figure it out. I don't know. Hey, how are you? You guys have been here for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, we saw the lighthouse. Oh, you're back. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. oh you were sitting over there before. Right? No, we were. All, this is our. Well, let us see. We're not normally here though. We're, we've been studio at Studio C. Park, but lighthouse isn't playing at Studio Park. I hear it's uh, it's a trip. We we're on minute forty-four of talking about it. Uh, it's. Whew, I'm drinking during the day. I don't normally do that. But you needed to after that. I really did. He really I mean, wants I'm a cigarette. Driving, so. Yeah, I don't have any on me. We're uh, we're. I haven't seen it. I just hear the the foghorn just really gets to you after a while. It didn't for me. I thought it was going to at the beginning of the movie. I was like, I hope this doesn't happen the whole film. Um, but it kind of plays in the background for most of the movie. But then every now and then, I think when it's important to the plot, it does come forward. But yeah. at the very beginning, it's I'm like I can't take a whole film of this. <laughs> but then they do they play with it a lot. It's pretty subtle. But it's good. It's it's we're trying we're still trying to unpack it. <laughs> like it's yeah. just, it's a lot. But it's worth seeing. It is. Yeah. I mean, if you love movies, which you love movies, love it's movies. worth seeing. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, J D. Lokes, uh, the guy who owns these theaters and shit. He you know. He sells movies and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the best credit of all time. Um, but yeah, I, I, forgot, I forgot where we were at. Yeah, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know what's... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, wow. That's the thing is you don't really know what's um, happening. So is he a dick the whole time? I mean, I think he's like a stern... I think he's stern. He's a guy who obviously doesn't have a lot of interaction with people. His life is spent in this fucking lighthouse with one other person, and he's used to living his life a certain way. I think that as the movie progresses and Robert Pattinson gets more uh, crazy, he just to interpret it differently. Because, mm. I mean, like, I've worked for people who have been as shitty as he was to him. So, I mean, like, it's not uncommon for, like, somebody, especially, like, yeah. an old-school gruff guy to be a hard-ass. But as the movie goes on, he starts filling his <coughs> own mind with all these, like, paranoia. Yeah. Then, of course, he's going to be like, well, you've been treating me like a dog. And then, of course, he completely fucking breaks down by the end of it. But... Here's my, um, the, here's my thing. Okay, so the movie starts with them getting to this rock, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two guys, on this rock. Two guys are leaving, mm-hmm. and then these two guys are coming in. Yeah. Who are the two guys leaving? The previous people. They do it in shifts, I'm assuming. I mean, That's got, what I would assume, too. Yeah. So I, it, it is just so suspect to me that Willem Dafoe's character has two previous deckhands, right? Mm-hmm. And then... Like, one died, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he went crazy. But he doesn't say how he died. I think he does. I think he, he says doesn't. It. He just says he died. Interesting. Because he went crazy talking about sirens and stuff like that, but he never said how he died. But don't you think he's trying to implant that? I, if if that is a fabrication, don't you think he's trying to implant that into this guy's head? I I personally don't think. I don't think that Willem Dafoe's character was crazy or psychotic. I don't think he was either. I think he was very normal. I don't think he was trying to implant. Hmm. I think, honestly, I think that it all lies on Robert Pattinson's character. But what about the scenes where we see Willem Dafoe doing those things, but it's not from the point of view of Robert Pattinson? Like when he's naked in the lighthouse and stuff? Well, we, we see that the first scene where he's up there 
and he's like, he takes his shirt off and his clothes off and everything, and that's just for us. Like, Robert Pattinson's character doesn't see that. Mm -hmm. And then later, we see it again where he's out smoking, right? And then he sees him up there. And then I don't think that's a dream sequence. We have a dream sequence earlier. Yeah, I don't know what was dream, what were dreams and what weren't. I mean... Well, I mean, when he goes out into the water... That was obviously... I mean, he woke a, up from yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, that was clearly that, a dream. He woke up from that one. But I mean, like, when he was peering through at uh, uh, Willem Dafoe from the rooftop and he was doing the shingles? Yeah. Was he awake doing that? When he saw that siren uh, on the, the siren on the rocks? Was, was he awake during that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's so many things that happen where I'm just like, I don't know... Well, the siren on the rocks, that makes sense that that was fake because... I mean, I don't think that there was anything like octopus or anything going on. I think, <clears throat> I don't think any super, I don't think anything supernatural was happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. So the octopus thing, the all that stuff, I think that was envisioned. But then also you're le- you're lending the idea that that means that he is uh, schizophrenic because he's seeing things. Mm-hmm. You don't just hallucinate for no reason. You ha- you have to. Well, he have does have some, some trauma in his past. Yeah, trauma is different than you know that. I mean, I mean, the trauma is associated with logs and that stuff. But the siren thing is new. The like, tra- I don't think trauma is going to manifest itself that way. What I mean, well, seeing an octopus. Well, let's think of it this way. I mean, he didn't have any of those hallucinations about the sirens or anything like that before he heard the story from Willem Dafoe. Yeah. So I'm not. I. I no, I can, that's not true. The siren. Because, the, the first time he had, like, he saw the siren washed up on the shore was way after but he, had he was. Told him about he, that. The, no, no, no. The dream sequence where he's walking into the water and then mm-hmm. the logs. He sees the body, and that's. Um, I think it's supposed to elude that it's the guy, right? Yeah. That you find out later. But then he's under the water, and then he sees a mermaid. But that's because he found the trinket yeah. already. So I mean, I think when you couple alcohol with already, with already, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Already there paranoia. With isolation, with whatever you know, past trauma you've got going on, you've got a recipe for these kinds of things to happen. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I just think that I think we just watched a movie where a guy just went completely insane and just succumbed to it. Okay. So now, the last shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's Robert Pattinson dead. So he is now dying. He, he's made his way up into the lighthouse finally after killing one of um, I'm whispering because uh, I don't want JD to hear. Um, he has made it into the lighthouse. He has touched whatever is in the beacon. Um, by the way, side note: Have you ever seen a lighthouse beacon in real life? No. They're impressive. Like yeah. I saw one when I was in Northern Michigan in the, in the UP. Yeah. There was like this lighthouse um, museum up there in Marquette, and like they have like all these like old lighthouse like beacons. Wow. They are huge for oh, one thing. Yeah, I bet. And they're just gorgeous to look at. I'm like sure. They're like all crystal and shit. Oh, they're amazing. So that's what the... I mean, that was a beautiful shot in the movie. Yeah. So he finally makes it in there. He touches whatever is in this beacon. Again, we don't know if it's just a regular light, if he burned his hand. Like, we don't know what happened. Um, he starts screaming and then he tumbles down the lighthouse spiral staircase. Mm-hmm. Screen fades to white. Cuts back in on a hard shot of him washed up on the shore dying. Eyeball poked out by seagulls. Intestines being eaten by seagulls. Yeah. And he's still alive, twitching and like groaning. And then obviously dying and then the movie ends how'd he get there maybe he's crawled his way out of the lighthouse and then died on the rocks took all his clothes off I mean that's that's the thing too is just like did he ever get to the what what happened it's, it's so annoying to me where it's like I don't need concrete answers I can have like a little wiggle room but like did the light it looked to me like the lighthouse completely fell all around him and that he's not on the rocks or the shore or anything. It's just like that's where he landed. His clothes got pecked away. And then the lighthouse failed because it wasn't Willem Dafoe going up in there. And I was like, so is there something supernatural going on? 
it's such a fucking what is happening yeah. and it's like I appreciate it but it really annoys me because <laughs> there's no answers like that's why I really like like reading about the movie and like if there's anything literary like uh, what other people picked up on so that I can watch it again but um, yeah that, I don't know I don't <sighs> technically have an opinion yet I don't think about this movie oh well Given that, let's rate it. No, there's still more to talk about. Oh, okay, go ahead. I'm sure there is. You got something, right? I don't know, I've said a lot. <laughs> I feel like I have. Uh, I think we both have. I don't know. Um, are there any movies that this reminds you of? No, not one. Okay, well, <laughs> that went That went. I mean, I everywhere. opened this with saying I'd never seen a movie like this before. That is true. Uh, well... Why do you want to do it longer? You just want to talk about it some more, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sound like an asshole the whole time that we're recording this. I you feel like, like I do. an asshole. I feel like I do. I don't think you do. No? Oh, well, you know I would tell you if you did. I'm, just, I'm so annoyed by this movie. <laughs> it just sounds like an asshole to me. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to rate this. Sucker. All right. Um, I love this movie. I thought it, 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 it it's everything that I love about film. Um, oh, oh, okay. Uh, camera work. We didn't even talk about the camera work. Yeah. Um... That guy's got an eye for, like, how to have a camera tell a story. Dude, he is incredible. We've talked about this before on the show, like, when a camera is a character in the movie. And you always felt like, like, at the beginning of the movie, you felt like a voyeur. Like, the camera was far yeah. away from everybody. It moved independently of everybody. And it, sometimes it even led the, the actor's eye lines to where they needed to go next, which yeah. I thought was really good. But as the movie progressed, and let me know if you picked up on this, as the movie progressed, the camera just became the perspective of both characters. Yeah. Like you were a voyeur until you learned who they were and then you were them. I did notice that. There's and I thought part, that was ugh. There's points where they're both just looking at the camera. Yeah. Um, which I, I I mean that's a common trope in old film, um, which I really, really enjoy. Mm -hmm. uh, Wes Anderson. I get a little bit of Wes Anderson in it in some of the shots and yeah. compositions. How about the farting? I knew that was gonna come up. And the farting! God, you farts! <laughs> Love that. I, you know, it's, ever since you mentioned like him um, becoming more and more, like his accent becoming thicker throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah, it it makes his. I don't think. I think he's probably got some underlying, you know, trauma and issues. But I mean, doesn't everybody? I feel like you can be put through the ringer. But you're still not going to be, you know, seeing shit. And but you can be driven to the brink. I think that's what it is. You're driven completely crazy. But God, Willem Dafoe fucking deserved it. <laughs> D really? Dude. For farting? yeah. <laughs> For farting, just acting like an asshole. Yeah. Well. Like the scene. The scene that really got me was when. Okay, well, here's the deal. Uh, the scene where Robert Pattinson is saying that he swept and mopped the mm. floor or whatever, and then Robert Pattinson's... Or, sorry. Um, the old Dutch fuck. He's saying... Tom. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> he's saying that he didn't, and it's like, if I asked you to do this, that, this, that, and then it just goes on a big, long rant about all the things that he wishes him to do, and then he's like, you're going to do them all. And then it's like... You're gonna do it with a smile on your face. Yeah, you're gonna do it with a smile on your face. So here's the deal. Did he Okay, here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. Did he sweep and did he mop? <laughs> okay. No. So that's the thing, it's like, okay, so you have two different points of view. No, not at all. So he's saying that He did from straight on. He's saying that you're gonna do these things. Um 
And then he says, well, I did them. And then, so did he do them? Or is Willem Dafoe just being a fucking asshole? And it's like, it's not to my spit shine. And then by the end of the movie, the entire place is a goddamn mess. Dude, I once worked in a bar. Uh, I was closing down the bar my first time closing by myself. And I went wiped everything down, put everything back where it went, stocked the shelves, did everything. And I got told uh, by my manager that I was supposed to dry the sinks. Yeah, I've been told that. Uh, that's the only job I've ever worked. I've worked in a lot of bars. That's the only one I've ever worked at where you had to dry the sinks. But what, did he tell you in a piece of shit way? Or did you just dry well, the no, sinks? Well, no, we live in a normal 21st century society. <laughs> that's not acceptable. This is 1890, man. I know. But at the same time, do, what, what are we to garner from that? Do, as viewers, like, do we go, oh boy, he's sure tough? Or do we go, wow, I think he's treating Robert Pattinson's character like shit. You know, I think. So do I jump with him or do I jump with the Willem Dafoe guy? Because he's missing teeth. I'm sure he's great. You know, as a, as a black man in America, I, I think I've grown accustomed to just accepting behavior like that because, like, that's how. I, we're, I'm treated most of the time. Yeah. And so when I see something like that happen, I just think, ah, it's just, he's just a dick. That's just who he is. Wow. I've never thought that. That's, exactly, I, that's exactly what I think. I've always thought, like, oh, he's a dick. He should get an axe to the head. It's kind of like if you and I were, this is a kind of a, a stretch of a comparison, but it's like if you and I were hanging out and somebody came up to me and said something really stupid, ignorant, racist, you would probably get really upset about it and be like, well, why would you let him say that? Why would you do that? And I would just be like, man, that's just him. I, I don't think I would say anything to Not you. to him, but you would to me. I'm sure you would. I'd turn and be like, did you catch that? And I'd be like, yep. Okay, all right, well. So I mean, like, for me, that's how, I, when I see a guy who's like an authoritative guy like that, I'm just like, well, that guy's just, he's just real bossy and shit. Man, there's, there's so much to still unpack in this movie because I really, I really do think that maybe he liked to be alone. Maybe he was so sick of having <clears throat> people help him out <clears throat> that he just wanted to be alone up there. Well, he couldn't operate the whole place by himself. He's got that fucked up leg. Hmm. I guess that's true. Well, you know, whatever. We're going to rate it. We're going to rate it. I'm going to rate it right now. I love this movie. Uh, you, you hear me gushing. My jeans are just wet right now from how great this movie was. Wetter than the ooze dripping from the top of the lighthouse. I'm going to give it 10. Um, uh, 10, that's right. 10. How many 10s have we given out? One of these days we got to catalog all of them. I was going to give it a 10. And then... I'm going to give it 10. Um, why'd you spill your beans? Out of ten. You gotta say it twice. I'm gonna give it eight. Eight? I don't know. I'm gonna stay at eight. I mean, I really liked it, but I just don't like that I can't... Uh, uh, it's not fun. I mean, I wouldn't expect this movie to be fun, but I- I'm just... I want to be in my own head, alone, think about it, and write it for myself. Like like Ad Astra, right? We saw Ad, Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. We reviewed that on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. I loved that movie all the way up until the third act, where I rewrote it in my head, and I'm like, okay, that makes more sense, now I give it a 10. I have made the movie, narratively makes sense. This movie, I can't do that. I can't make a way for it to, unless I pick a side of what's happening, but then it's like, well, I mean, then it can be argued either way, so I can't pick a, I don't know, I'm gonna give it eight still, I'm gonna give it eight. Could use the cigarettes out of 10, there we go. All right. There's that. Where are the kids finding you this weekend, Gary? I'm at Dr. Grin's, hosting for uh, Adam Gilbert and Mike Stanley. Adam Gilbert, who is that? The guy, I think he's from Indianapolis. Oh, I know what that is. Uh, you can find me at the Caldonia Family Tavern this Friday. Where is that? I'm guessing Caldonia. 
Did you say Caledonia? Cal- Caledonia, yeah. Cal- Caledonia. Whatever. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> well, can't wait to see you do well at that gig. Well, I'm just not going to say the name of the city. Why would I? I can easily not say, don't you hey, get, Caledonia. Don't you get on stage and say the name of the city every time? What am I, Mick Foley? No. What's up, Grand Rapids? <laughs> hey, Birmingham. Um, Could you imagine if I did? My dad wanted me to do that. What's uh, up, Grand Rapids? He, no, he was like trying a morning to. Show. Dude, he was trying to give me like pointers for stand-up, and that's one of the things that he said. He's like, you know, I watch these people, and they say like, you know, give it up for hey, hello, Chicago. Like they'll they'll be like, come on, Chicago, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that though. He's like, yeah, but people would like you more. <laughs> yeah, you know what you should do is you should sit in the crowd and heckle before you get on, and then you should be like, wait, I am the comedian. Yeah, you know what? You should put a Wookie in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm Mike Logan. I'm Garrett Elsinga. And, and that, that was great. great. I know. I knew you were gonna say great.